0: Here we are, Locked On NFL, alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We are taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. A special guest on today's show, Ross Tucker. Matt, a guy you know well, former NFL player. He is now host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, does some NFL sideline work, the College Draft Podcast, a number of podcasts on his Network that you can find at RossTucker.com. We will pick his brain about a number of NFL topics. But first, I think we should talk about, Matt, some of the latest news that I heard today, which is, I think, very encouraging for a team that is just barely hanging on by a thread and is playing Thursday night football. That is the Los Angeles Chargers that I had already buried. But according to Adam Schefter, Chargers standout safety Derwin James who underwent foot surgery last summer and had a new screw inserted in it, has been running pain-free and is now poised to return to action after the bye week against the Broncos per source. That from Adam Schefter, that would put Derwin James back December 1st, which is week 13, with five games to play. So let's see, Thursday night football right now, Los Angeles Chargers at Oakland Raiders. The Chargers win, that puts them at 5-5. Five and five. Can the Chargers
1: make a run here? Absolutely. And the mojo starting to finally align for them. It was a lot, it was all bad for about two months going, starting with that James injury. Um, We know who Rivers is. We know who their weapons are, of course. They got great receivers. I think Melvin Gordon's coming off his best game. He's in football shape. I think they have a good feel for how to play their backs and utilize them both well. Offensive coordinator change might have had something to do with that. Russell Okun returned at left tackle. That's been humongous for them. Um, You got the Ingram and Bosa combination now, fully healthy and as dangerous as ever. Guys like Tillery look like they're starting to get a little better the first round pick, and they still have guys like Adderley improving. And then if you can add James to the middle of that group, yeah, I, I think they got a real shot because I know it's way, I've made this mistake way too many times, but I think it's rather safe to say that the Patriots, the Texans, the Ravens, the Chiefs, especially when Mahomes return, have a really good chance to win their respective divisions. But after that, I don't think the Chargers, assuming they win tonight, are in bad situation. I think they have a much better shot than the Raiders. I think they're a better team than the Bills, although they're behind them in record. They lost head-to-head to to the Steelers, which doesn't help, but they're on the same tier with them and same with the Colts. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's out. Is Brissett going to be around? And, you know, there's Jacksonville and Tennessee still in the mix too, but I think pretty much all those teams are in the same tier, and the Chargers might have the highest ceiling of all all those potential AFC wildcard teams.
0: They would have to go something like six and one, maybe five and two, but even five and two the rest of the way puts them at nine and seven. And nine yeah. wins, I think you know, maybe if you have tiebreakers could get you into the playoffs in the AFC. 10 wins is, is ideally what you're looking for. Can they go six and one? They still have two, so they have two against the Raiders, but they have two against the Chiefs still. You got the Jags and the Vikes, and that's the rest of your schedule. So they got four. That's pretty tough. Yeah, they got four games in division there, and then the Vikings are are a difficult one as well. So and it's just so difficult. Maybe a little bit too late for them to get right, but I mean, you nailed it when you look at this team. You've got your quarterback, obviously, with Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams on the outside. Bosa and Ingram are one of the best pass rushing tandems in the league. They're healthy. Okum has been massive. You get Melvin Gordon back. And then you add Derwin James, one of the best young defenders in the league that they've really missed. And man, it's just a little bit too late. If they had these guys all on the field to start, they would have been that team that we expected they could have been, I think. And they've been within one score in every single loss this season, too. So a rough go, but I think just maybe a little bit too late for the Chargers right now.
1: Yeah, when you spell it out and then you equate the the schedule in there as well and Oh by the way they don't have a home field advantage, you know, like they have a couple of inherit things that are right. hard to overcome. Um, Okun is back, but it's still not a great line. It, it seems like they're often this team, but could they be the team that ends up hot that we talk about all offseason? They're ready to challenge the Patriots and the Chiefs and then they don't again, you know. <laughs> and I saw Bill Barnwell put out a list today on ESPN.com yes. of best best quarterbacks to never make the Super Bowl, and Rivers was number one.
0: Right, yeah, Rivers was number one on the list. Obviously, listeners out there might be thinking, what about Dan Marino? Dan Marino, best to never win it, but he actually played in a Super Bowl. They lost to the mm-hmm. 49ers in 84. Uh, Rivers named the best to never make it to a Super Bowl. That's an interesting conversation there, and time is running out, too. I mean, if it's not this year, next year, how long does Rivers
1: have? Yeah, yeah uh, that's a good question because... I thought he – I don't know that he's still an elite quarterback. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's been underrated throughout his career. But if I get a quarterback for one week, I got at least eight guys I'd take over Rivers right now. And I thought last year he dwindled down the stretch. You know, so did Brady, so did Breeze. Some of these older guys have a hard time playing – 20 games in a row with the playoffs and their body takes a beating and the Chargers don't protect the rivers like, the, like Breeze and Brady and even Ben and some of these other older guys that have some good lines. So you wonder. I mean, it is a, it's a, a good conversation. I love that James is coming back, though. I mean, if I had one safety to build around in this league, it would be him. Although Minka is starting to... You know, I'm raising an eyebrow over here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Jamal Adams is in that conversation. But Derwin is a very, very special player.
0: Yeah, Derwin's like a mix of both of those guys. Like right. Athletically, what he can do in the box or deep and, and, and the range he has. It's, yeah, physically, he's a monster. So, oh, it's a tough one for the Chargers. Um, we do have to talk Oakland Raiders here. Getting ahead of ourselves, looking into the future. Let's preview this week's matchup on Thursday Night Football and then bring on our guest, Ross Tucker. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet. And when they all come out together on top, the rewards will be huge. The best part is if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 to bet at MyBookie. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code LOCKED ON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKED ON to double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
1: Dudes, listen up. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, Blue Chew works so much better. Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. And the promo code is locked on. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. Raiders
0: and Chargers tonight, Matt. What some people are calling London versus Las Vegas. Real quick, I did have a tweet, and we're not going to hit the Twitter Thursday mailbag today, but there was a Twitter question that I think was interesting that. And we'll get to more about the field in that game tonight with the Raiders and the Chargers and talk a little bit about the Raiders, who are still an interesting team as well that are in that limbo area like the Chargers are. And actually at 4-4 four and four, have a better record than the Chargers coming into this week. But the question to me was, what happens first? Does London get a franchise or does London get a Super Bowl? And I thought that was an interesting question. And I don't have the actual question in front of me from one of my listeners that's in the UK. So shout out to all of our listeners across the globe. We've got a lot of people overseas that listen to this show. And his question was that he would have arguments with his friends. He's like, what makes sense? What happens first, a full-on franchise in London or a Super Bowl in London? And I was thinking, man, okay, with all these new stadiums that are popping up around the league and they all get their Super Bowl, once those are done... I think that would be a fantastic showcase for the NFL to go play a Super Bowl in a place like London. That might even make more sense. Occasionally dropping a Super Bowl in another place, another country, almost like the Olympics, you know, rather than having a full-time franchise in London.
1: I certainly like it better than a franchise because my my big thing with a franchise in London is every three years in their division and every four years in their conference and every four years in the opposite conference, they have to play a Western Western division. And that's really tough on not only the London, the werewolves of London, I like to call them, or the Chargers or Seahawks or whatever. That's just such an awful road trip. I, I dislike that a lot. And I also don't know. The free agents want to move their families to London. You know, like, are they going to, have a, they're going to be at a competitive disadvantage in terms of trying to add players? But I hadn't thought of the Super Bowl angle, and I, I definitely like it better of the two. There's probably more logistics that I don't think about because that's not the way my mind works. But, um, you know, you give them two weeks, they could go over there 10 days before the game, acclimate. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of places to to house all the media and... Fields to use and all the facilities you need, so that would be kind of cool.
0: And of course, if London did get a franchise, that would mean they're definitely going to get a Super Bowl because you get a new franchise, get a new stadium, you get a Super Bowl. So that would have to happen if they did get a franchise. But I think maybe Super Bowl first would make even more sense. I I like that idea.
1: I do too. I think it'd be fun. I would kind of hope the Steelers would go that year so I could go spend ten days in London or whatever. (laughs) How fun would that be as a road trip? That'd be
0: fantastic. Um, (laughs) Let's talk Oakland Raiders. Los Angeles Chargers. We've already covered a lot of the Chargers on today's program. The Raiders have been sort of the opposite because thought the Raiders would be not great coming into the season, all of the off field stuff and the Antonio Brown stuff in the off season. And I thought that might be something that would just tear that team apart and be very difficult in their last season in Oakland. Now they've done pretty well, held their heads above water, beat some teams. And they're competing right now with the Chargers for maybe the right to be second place in that division and not make the playoffs still. But they have a chance to make a run, too. We talked about the Chargers and how difficult that might be. The Raiders have a little bit better record, maybe a shot at getting there themselves.
1: And, and they absolutely could win tonight. And I probably shortchanged Raider fans by not listing them as one of the AFC contenders for two wild card spots because... Gruden's doing a heck of a job. I mean, it's the bottom line, and I really am impressed with him, including last year when they had very, very little talent. He kept them competitive game after game. I think it's a really interesting game, just kind of from an X's and O's standpoint. I don't think it's particularly interesting when the Chargers have the ball because the Raiders aren't good enough up front to expose the majority of a bad offensive line. I don't think they can run with... Henry and Williams and Allen and Ekelar. So I think that the Chargers have a distinct advantage when they have the ball. And the Raiders have to spend a lot of off-season resources on defense. But the other side of the ball, to me, is extremely interesting because, yes, the Chargers are playing better, but they're a finesse defense. They don't tackle very well. Their run defense isn't all that great. And the Raiders are... About as physical of a run game as you're going to see in this league. I mean, guys like Trent Brown just mashing you. I mean, I'm not sure if he's playing tonight, but a big physical Gabe Jackson offensive line just coming downhill, and Jacobs is a heck of a player. But then I look at it and think, well, what does Carr like least? Pressure. And Bosa and Ingram are really humming, and if Brown doesn't play, that he he he's going to be in a real liability with his tackles against those guys. So I think that's what's really to look at in this game because if the Raiders can control the flow, pound the rock, eat up a lot of clock, play slow, a lot of third and ones, or they're going to be in the right in the thick of this thing. But if that's a problem for them, I don't think they can keep up with Rivers. You mentioned
0: the offensive line there. I just saw something recently that the Raiders have the heaviest offensive line in the league, oh, okay. which is just an yeah. interesting note and and the way they play. And uh, John Gruden, he's kind of become a cartoon character, but it's it's pretty obvious that he, he can coach a little bit. And he's got this team. I think maybe even overachieving. And I want to shout out a sneaky good, you know, not top heavy, but just a sneaky good rookie wide receiver class for the Raiders that have been. Thrust into a lot of action, the undrafted free agent in Keelan Doss, who was a big part of the Hard Knocks show, and he signed on to a different team's practice squad in Jacksonville. There was a little tug of war there between the Raiders and the Jags, and then finally Doss getting back over to the Raiders and onto the active roster and starting to make an impact there. And then Hunter Renfro, just the classic, overachieving little dude that is tough, makes catches, and he's starting to make plays for that offense.
1: Yeah, and. I mean, he did it at Clemson, which usually, I mean, if it's Clemson or Bama, you're like, all right, he beat out some stud recruits to be (laughs) a featured guy on the best programs out there. And now he's doing it in the pros, and he's not alone in this style of receiver. that are good route runners that are tough, that'll take a beating, that are reliable, and it's a cheap way to pick up yards. And I'm encouraged by him. I mean, I think that he'll be... Not only love there, but very useful and certainly somebody to watch tonight.
0: I like that pressure. Bosa and Ingram versus Derek Carr. Uh, The Chargers are favored on the road by one and a half points here. I like the Chargers. I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to bet on Gruden's boys and and the Raiders as the home underdog here. But uh, I like them getting after Carr. We talked about the talent and sort of the Chargers that are getting right right now. I'll take the Chargers in this one on Thursday Night Football. How do you see this one turning out?
1: Yeah, me too. And and I don't think Trent Brown or Hudson are going to play, and that's their two best offensive linemen. And I really think that that line needs to be at full strength to maximize Jacobs and play the way they need to play. Um, I, think the, I think the Chargers have kind of turned a corner, you know, a couple of weeks ago and are a legitimate, you know, tier two type of team that we thought they would be. So I'll I'll take the Chargers, but they're also a hard team to trust. I'm not sure I'd be putting my money on them.
0: Okay, coming up, we've got Ross Tucker of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and we'll ask him why he didn't catch the black cat when he was working the sideline Monday night. This podcast is brought to you in part by Peloton. Can't find a workout that keeps you engaged? Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. Our guest today, Ross Tucker, seven years in the NFL as a player, now broadcaster and podcasting machine. You can find all of his podcasts at RossTucker.com. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Tucker nfl. Uh, Matt, I know you guys go way back, so I think I should maybe just toss this intro over to you so you can say hi to your old buddy.
1: (laughs) What is up, dude? How are you? I am about five minutes into your weekly conversation with Mr. Greg Cosell. I never, ever miss it. And for those of you that aren't listening to Ross's podcast, you're out of your mind.
2: What is up, brother? I am doing great, man. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for having me. I'm actually mad at myself now that I forgot to reach out to you when I. Was on sideline for that Steelers Dolphins game. Wow. Um, which, by the way, ended up being an interesting game because Miami got out to the two touchdown lead. I still don't understand why they went, you know, blitz zero, cover zero, whatever you want to call it, late in the first half and gave up that touchdown to Deontay Johnson. That totally changed the complexion of the game. It's kind of funny, you know, having a chance to interview the coaches and be on the sideline. You know, just seeing the Steelers after they got that touchdown, there was just, all right, we got this, you know, enthusiasm, excited. You could tell they were feeling good about it. And then conversely, you know, the Dolphins, I walked by them in the hallway as I went to go get my chicken caprese sandwich that I had hidden (laughs) in the workroom above one of the lockers, and they looked like Night of the Living Dead. Like, I could just tell. It was, do, uh, it was absolutely like a, like a here-we-go-again situation. Yeah, I can imagine. But I can't imagine the situation they're in. But at least they
1: are playing a little better in Miami. I think they might have the right coach. But the one thing I wanted to ask you about, I mean, you and I go way back now in, in doing this for a living. Can you remember a season when there were just so many bad teams? I mean, awful teams. Like, if – Any given year, if the Bengals are playing like they are Washington, you just guarantee, well, they're picking first overall. Now it's like a race between awfulness to get number one.
2: It's funny. um, I got this new show I'm doing on the radio.com app. It's called Home and Home. And we literally went through today and we picked the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, And really, the the franchise, it's in the worst position. My co-host, Dave Briggs, went with the Redskins I went with the Jets, but you can absolutely include the Bengals in the mix. Uh, You can include the Miami Dolphins. I guess, you know, they've played better over the last month, and they at least seem to have a plan and a strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think some people might include the Giants. I mean, it's you're right. uh, There are a bunch of really bad teams, and in particular, you think about the Jets, the Redskins, the Bengals. I mean, not only are they losing – on the field when they're not even trying them and they're trying to win. They're not like the dolphins who have sold off all these assets. That's not what the jets Bengals, and Redskins have really done. Then they've all gotten in fights recently with starting offensive linemen about medical situations, Kaleche Osemele Trent Williams, Cordy Glenn, just a really bad look, uh, really bad look. There's no way around it. And I always say, there's a reason why bad teams are bad. And they're typically bad in, in every aspect of the operation. And this is another pretty good example of that.
1: Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more clear, those three organizations in particular, that I hate to say it starts with ownership. I mean, but it starts with ownership. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a trickle-down yeah. effect. And oh, by the way, some of these awful teams, which is you know something after your own heart, they just repeatedly ignore offensive line. and I mean, it, it, it's, it's amazing to me. The Jets went five years of drafting without using a top four-round pick on an offensive lineman with the exception this past year of Adoba in the third round. Like, what do you expect?
2: Yeah, and then they thought that they could put a Band-Aid on it by convincing guys that didn't even want to play football anymore like Ryan Khalil – just give him so much money that he's like, yeah, yeah, fine, I'll do it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, right. That's not, that's not a recipe for success. And then the, the Bengals, it's interesting because they drafted Jonah Williams, so they at least were doing something on the offensive line, and they traded for Cordy Glenn, but they're in a fight with him about a concussion. And the Redskins, I actually thought their offensive and defensive lines would be strength of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis on defense, on the offensive line, Brandon Sheriff and Trent Williams. And then here you go, Trent Williams not there, uh, Brandon Sheriff not under contract past this year. I mean, you've got two of the best offensive linemen in the league, and neither one of them is in con- under contract. or going to be on the roster after this year? I mean, there's a reason why bad teams are bad. It's that is disastrous in my mind. And even I don't know what the he said he said is with Trent Williams, but he's your best player. There's no one disputing it. it's a cancerous tumor on his head. It's kind of hard to win that one in the, in the court of public opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, You're right. And dude. not
0: only that, Alex Smith and Darius Geis both ended up with infections after surgery there in Washington. So, I mean, you would think that the medical is the one thing that these teams would be getting better and better. So I, I agree that Washington might be at the very bottom of the list when you add in all of those things to go with it.
2: Yeah, and the thing is that it, it, it's a good point because not only are they bad on the field, but they've got other they got lots of issues, lots of issues, contract issues, medical issues. The Jets are the same way. You know, with yeah. the assembly situation that we talked about and even CJ Mosley. Like how do you have CJ Mosley come back after being out 3 or 4 weeks? He limps around a Monday night game, and now he's out probably for the rest of the season. Like, it, it's just so, so poor to ever be in that situation.
1: You're 100% right. And, and Mosley, yeah, he's a good player, but they screwed up in free agency giving him that much money. Then all of a sudden, you know, like you mentioned Khalil earlier. I mean, you're you're overspending to get people to come to your team that they probably don't really want to be at and are just collecting the check. And I'm sure Mosley would rather be playing for the Ravens, but the money's better, so I'll hang here in New York and it's worth it. Same with Le'Veon Bell. Same with Le'Veon Bell.
2: Le'Veon Bell didn't want to be with the the Jets. I mean, they basically were negotiating against themselves. He was dying for any other team to offer him a good contract. They didn't, so he's there. There's no question. They have to overpay, and the Redskins will be the same way. And what that does is that it, it it perpetuates the circle of failure or the cycle of failure because then you're overpaying for guys who don't want to be there in the first place, which is not a good place to be in. The Browns may or may not be in that conversation. They certainly were
1: for a long, long time. And, you know, I have mixed feelings on Mayfield and Haskins, but they're good prospects. I really like Darnold. But I look at these guys and be like, it's like putting a ton of bricks on their back to walk up the steep hill
2: to be successful quarterbacks. It's hard enough as it is. I think that's a good point. Um, now, I will say on some level, because I always hear this argument about Josh Rosen, how he's been in these awful situations, and he hasn't been in good situations. But no one disputes the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick gives them a much better chance to win. Right. So right. while I would agree... At some point, like if you're Josh Rosen, you got to make the most of your situation. And at some point, you got to do the same. If you're Haskins, Darnold, Mayfield, there is something to be said for rising above or lifting the guys around you. That doesn't mean you know 16 and 0 Super Bowl, but it does mean not turning it over as much as Mayfield and Darnold turn it over. Not playing as poorly as Mayfield has. You know, Haskins just hasn't played that much yet. But, you know, it's not a reason for those guys to have played as poorly as they have, is what I would say. A guy that I absolutely believe in is Carson
1: Wentz. You live on the wrong side of Pennsylvania. You're a little bit dialed in with that team. Do you think the Eagles are turning the corner?
2: Well, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a top-ten quarterback. I think it's debatable whether or not he's top-five. I think that their wide receivers have really let them down. Deshaun Jackson basically played in one game, and Carson Wentz was unbelievable in that game. Deshaun Jackson was unbelievable in that game. Now they have Nelson Aguilar, who struggles to catch the football. Alshon Jeffrey can't get any separation at all, and he had three drops against the Bears. So now you're putting Carson Wentz in a a tough spot, but they're still finding a way to make some plays and get the job done. Um, so I, I tend to like Carson Wentz. I think that he, as long as he stays healthy, he'll be a top-ten quarterback, and I think they got a great chance to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that NFC East is going to be fascinating. You've got the Cowboys. Can't wait to see how that one finishes because the team that doesn't win that division is not going to make the playoffs in the NFC. Ross, we're out of time here. Really appreciate you coming on with us. You guys can find Ross on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL and all of his pod's a plethora of podcasts, if you will, at RossTucker.com. Ross, thanks for the time.
2: Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks, bud.